Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome back. It's been a while since our last post. It's probably over a year since last time we uploaded something on the One Solution podcast. And we're sorry about that. I have We have no other excuse other than we've been doing the work. We've been helping people, supporting people, expanding our programs, adjusting to a new COVID situation, doing more virtual stuff. So we have really been busy doing what's the most important, and that is helping people in the most direct way possible. But we have missed this format. We have missed the podcast, having guests, exploring longer format conversation that's about the potential of the mind, that's about resilience, that's about a new way of looking at mental health and mental well-being. It's about looking at inner resources as a sustainable way to create the external resources we need in this world. So we haven't stopped talking about that. We haven't stopped working from that premise, but we're excited to start more in this specific format. And the first kind of podcast since our last time, we're going to have a guest. And this guest is, uh, we're really excited about this guest. It's a dear friend of ours, a colleague, someone that we are inspired about, and we get a lot of good conversations from. And this person, his name is Alf. He lives in Germany. He is the CEO of one of the biggest nature preservation organization, nonprofits in the Bavaria region in Germany. In this specific conversations, we delve deep into how to create sustainable company culture, how to really look at sustainability as a whole when it comes to climate change, when it comes to nature preservation, when it comes to the global issues that we face. So we're trying to dive deep into the mind of Alf and see how does he look at creating really profound and sustainable results and, and also a company culture within his organization, which is a huge operation in itself. And then how does he look at that as an expression of the potential of the mind and how he wants to help other nonprofits and help other people in the same position do more, not better work, but more sustainable work, more work that's based on a common foundation. He is also part of the Global Change Incubator that we are organizing with two other nonprofits, the Inside Alliance and the Spark Initiative. And we are excited that ALF is going to be part of that as a participant, as a contributor, as a partner. If you're interested in also joining us, there's still a couple of weeks left to do that. So please reach out to us. Go to the website, ioscollective.org forward slash incubator. All right. Enjoy the interview. Welcome to the One Solution Podcast. In this podcast, we're going to explore if there really is one solution to all the world's problems. And perhaps that solution lies in the mind. The mind is both the source of those problems, but also the solution to those problems. Welcome to the One Solution Podcast. Uh, today in the studio, we got Alf Pille. I don't know if I said that right or wrong, but that's his name. He 
currently lives in Germany in the Bavaria region. And he runs an amazing nonprofit. And he's an amazing person who we had uh, the pleasure of uh, having conversations with in the past months. We have a lot of things that we see the same. We all have a huge respect for the mind. Uh, we have a huge respect for conservation, uh, a huge respect for sustainability and nature and seeing the interplay of how understanding the mind affects a nonprofit uh, and an organization, but also how it affects how we think about change and how we think about preserving earth. Uh, not only humans, like sometimes we forget like, oh, let's, let's make sure we humans survive. But like, no, there's, there's a whole planet and an ecosystem and animals and birds, which we'll hear more about, uh, that needs to be in consideration when we talk about change. And I think a lot of my life, I looked at change from a human perspective versus from a nature and planet perspective. Uh, and I think it's very timely that we now can see the connection of like, what is man's role in nature? Um, so those are some of the things we're going to talk about. So before we uh, jump in, can you just tell us who you are, uh, what you do, uh, and why you do it? Yeah, thanks, Eric. Yeah, I'm Elf. I'm the uh, CEO of um, the Bavarian Society for the Protection of Birds. Um, it's a nature conservation organization. It's an NGO with about 100,000 supporters, and it's 111 years old, which is important when we come to the topic of change. And um, we have about 270 employees. And yeah, we're doing nature protection down here in, in Bavaria, in the uh, south of Germany. And how long have you been involved in the organization? I know you said it's over 100 years old, but how long have you been the CEO? Yeah, I'm not 100 years old, so I, I joined <laughs> later. <laughs> I um, started it 100 years ago. <laughs> um, uh, I started, actually, I started as a, as a volunteer when I was a school kid. Um, protecting a special species of birds of prey, the peregrine falcon. And then um, after school, we, in those days in Germany, we had to do a civil service or go to the army, but I did the civil service and I did it in this organization. That was in 1995. And um, so I, I had my like, and I did, I went to, to university to st study agrobiology. Um, but meanwhile, I was always did internships in this organization. And during this, the end of my studies, I returned to the organization and uh, started off as a biologist first. Then I changed into fundraising and marketing. And um, now I'm the CEO. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, we always love hearing that story, how you started as an intern it's such a such a romantic story right. you know i started here and now I started in the mail room and now i'm running the joint exactly <laughs> exactly uh, what made you f i'm i i'm making an assumption here but i i know from having talked to you over the last several months what made you fall in love with it with the organization yeah the organization and the mission of the organization i'm just, i think it's 
I can't remember really. It's it's kind of a maybe it's a family thing or something. I remember my my grandfather taking me out into very special landscape in the north of Germany when I was like four years old. It's one of my oldest um, the oldest events that I remember. And um, and my dad, we went out, you know, listening to bird songs, and so this was I don't know was kind of a um, my thing back then mm -hmm. and um yeah and then I, I i kind of slipped into nature protection because it was it's like it's like a hard like a hard thing for me at the heart you know i want to do it from my heart and um and a lot and then i it was the chance that i came into this organization as an um as an intern and or as a doing the civil service and um I always liked the, the people here, you know, people that go in those days in 1995 were like my, my bosses. And um, now they're still here and now I'm their boss. And it's like, it's like really, we have really strong, long lasting relationships and um, many young people though, but, but it's, it's kind of very familiar type of team. And um, so that's, that's the other thing probably that's most important to me is the relationships to, to the people I'm, I'm with. Mm -hmm. mm. Well, you know, when we first started talking, when you heard like the size of the organization you were running and, the, and we compared it to like, okay, the size of our organization, we're like, yeah, we are not 111 years old, but we're still also uh, a very, um, like a, a small operation so far in terms of how we run one solution. So how, how, how are you able to preserve like that mission and the culture and have everyone feel like they're on board and seeing, feel connected to the work that you guys are doing? Cause it's such important work. Uh, and I know it's easy when you, you can see it every day and you can be with it one-on-one -on -one or you can like be with it. But I know that's not always the case when you uh, reach a certain size. So I was just wondering how do you, how does that happen in your organization? That's a very good question. Um, I'm, I'm happy you change it from how do you do it to how does it happen? Because I, I, don't, I, have, I don't have a feeling that anybody really does it. Hmm. Um, it's, I mean, a lot of the people who work here are biologists, you know. They go out to to I don't know, preserve to 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 conserve uh, um, to do the conservation work, and they work together with many. We have about five or six thousand volunteers, you know, who are out there, you know, counting birds or or um, yeah, and and so they 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 live what we are doing. I mean, it's their their day to day job. But of course, we have a lot of people here who do do the I don't know do the fundraising, for example, or do the um, do the IT or do the finances, and um, I think the, the spirit comes because because they are all in a kind of contact with each other, and. Um, and we as the like 
as me as a CEO, I always try to to um, to link the day-to-day -day work to conserving nature. You know why it it matters if we you know we we sell like bird bird food and bird feeders and things like that. Mm. And I say, okay, you know it's important that you you pack a good package if if it's like ordered by via our online shop. And um, you know it's important to sell this this package. Not only that birds can can pick that food out there somewhere, but that you know we we gain money by this, and we will take this money to do nature protection. Mm -hmm. Or if we we have like a big um, digitalization project, which of course is very expensive, and and we say okay, but in the long run, run we're going to save resources by having a super good IT. We're going to save resources, and these this money in the end or this time we can put into nature conservation. Mm -hmm. So it's it's important that we when we do this work now, although it doesn't seem to have any relation to to nature conservation if you look at it the first time. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting listening to what you, how you just answered that. Cause what I heard is basically there's two things. One is the relationships between people. And two is the always being able to zoom out and see the interconnectedness of the small things to the large thing. So packing, packing up a, a bird feeder that someone bought online has a relationship to the larger conservation you're able to do in the world those things might feel disconnected, but if you can help people see the link that the smaller and the bigger are really one and they're serving one purpose, then that heart that you talked about um, maintains itself. As you said, it does, it, it works within the organization. So um, it's interesting because we've seen that a lot that where people begin to lose the heart and the connection um, to work, to other people, to nature is when they don't feel connected to each other and they don't feel connected to the bigger picture. So it's really helpful when people can feel what I'm doing here on this small scale has an impact on that larger scale, every little bit of it. And I think it's important to, 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 to give the room for people to be connected to themselves. Mm. Maybe first of all, to, um, so, so what I, what I say when we, I, I do talk to, to everybody who comes on board new, you know, if we like new stuff and, um, and I always tell them, okay, if you have like, we all have problems outside of, of work at home with our partner or families or whatever. And so if you come here and you, you kind of carry this load, that's no problem. You know, that's just human. And um, we don't have to know what is going on in, in the other parts of your life. But, you know, if, if it affects your work, then please tell us so that we can, you know, we can leave you alone for this day or for this week or whatever. And so, um, and I say, we, we trust you. We don't have many control systems, you know, how long people work or, or where they drive if they take a car, you know, and, and, and that's, and that's, I, I think, just just by what you said now, I think that that gives the room for people to to be themselves here, you know, mm -hmm. if they're happy or if they're sad, it's no problem. And um, 
So they can be connected to themselves, then they can connect to others, and then they can be connected to, to, well, themselves is everything, but you know what I mean? Like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I think you bring up an extremely important point that gets forgotten often, that people have to feel connected inside themselves first before they can feel connected to anything else. And it's, you know, our kind of sometimes overly simplistic sounding phrase is that when people feel better, they do better. And you can see that in every human. I can, I can feel that in every human I've ever worked with, whether it's, you know, with young people in Chicago or with uh, business leaders like yourself or people working in conservation, it's all the same as that when we don't feel connected or good inside of ourselves, we're naturally problematic to uh, others around us and to the bigger picture because we're struggling. So when people feel bad, they make things harder. <laughs> they make things harder on a micro scale and a macro scale. So there's something really important and often underappreciated about what you just pointed out. So I'd love to and ask you about that. Like your, you had kind of a personal journey of seeing the relevance of looking to people's state of mind and how they're doing as individuals and how that was uh, helpful to you to have a deeper understanding of as a leader, but also helpful for the people in your organization to have a deeper understanding of kind of how did you come to that realization personally? It was about, I think five years ago that I had like, I had these, what I just talked about, these personal um, problems, I might say, and um and my sister, she, she's a coach and we're very, very close. And she said, oh, I, I, you know, she asked me what was going on. And I told her and she said, okay, I know very, very many coaching styles, like the normal coaching stuff, you know. She says, oh, but, but this all won't help you. It won't help you. It, can't, it, it just, it can't help you. But I know a guy, you know, he sees it complete, completely different. And this, this, this guy, he, he introduced me to that. And to this understanding what like about the mind how it works and um it immediately helped me in this very topic i was you know i was struggling with and then it you know it unfolded and i saw these walls in my in my head that i hadn't even noticed before and they were just you know i thought they were like I hadn't noticed, then I thought they're, okay, they're made from concrete. And then I saw, okay, it's just, they're not there anymore. <laughs> Where are they gone? And, and I saw that for myself and I saw how much, how my relationships improved and um, how much more I, I, I was able to get done at work. And then I had the realization and I thought, oh, what would, you know, how could our organization thrive if all of my colleagues and all of the volunteers um, knew about that? And um, and and the, and I feel responsible for them as as human beings. I mean, many of them have families and have partnerships, and at least they come from a family. And so so. I thought I could really make a difference to these people's lives if they had at least the chance 
to 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 get something of that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I, why I started introducing this here. Mm-hmm. And what what have you seen so far so far in kind of having that conversation has it been new for people has it been oh i can recognize this or how how has it you know how has it moved in your organization and like what do people say about even having a conversation about the mind like they might go like what does this have to do with our work or they might not like what like how has it been there we have we have some of well, many of my colleagues are, are scientists, you know, and so they, I think they, they do a bit harder to, to, to let go of everything they know and to just, you know, to just listen what I'm saying. And so that's a bit, that's always, it, it, or sometimes it goes in direction of discussing, discussing like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I see what you say, but, you know, and, um, but then many of my colleagues, as I said, we have good relationships and so they trust me. So, so what the first thing is they, they do is they say, okay, hmm, Alpha is saying, is doing this with us. Okay, I'll, at least I'll listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because I like and, the guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more or less, more or less. And then it's in many, many cases, they say, okay, yeah, I know that. You know, it's so, I haven't seen it from this point, but it's so obvious. Mm. And then people really start taking off. And then, um, and many of them are, they appreciate that this, this connectedness because they say, oh, you know, I have a kind of a spiritual um, or, yes, spiritual, say, thinking or or i i'm i'm kind of a spiritual person but i don't find this in my work and now you're bringing this back alf you know it's i i I thought i had to separate this from from my my, um, personal my private life and my work life Mm -hmm. and now it's coming back together and people really appreciate that yeah could you say a little bit more just for the sake of our listeners of what it is that when you said, you know, at first people are kind of like, yeah, I know this, but then all of a sudden they start kind of taking a second look and a, a deeper look and, go, and, and you said, and then they start taking off and they start, you know, saying things like what you just said, wow, I'm feeling like there's a connection between my personal understanding, my spiritual life, my work life. What is it that that they're realizing, or what is it that you're sharing that they're grasping, that clicks and makes sense and gives them that kind of feeling they're feeding back to you? I think they all, or we all know that deep inside we're okay. We're okay. We're all having our ups and downs, but we're okay, you know. And I mean, if we have ups, everybody's I'm, everybody's fine with, with himself and, you know, and the, the people around you are fine with you. So, so but if you're in, in, on a downward slope or somewhere really, you know, if your state of mind is low, as we, we would say, um, people start to 
to, to look for a reason. And they have been doing that, this all their lives. So they have their reasons why they feel down. And they're kind of their, their story, the story they tell them about themselves. And this story is something is sometimes it, you know, it nails them to, to, a, to a place where, it, where they don't want to be. And so seeing this, okay, I'm okay. Sometimes I have a high state of mind. Sometimes it's a low state of mind. And that doesn't say anything about me or about my so the people around me or whatever. It's just human and it's just normal and we everybody has that. And so they they spend much less energy. Maybe this is the, the point why why they take off. Um, they they spend have they have more energy for themselves. So, so I started, you know, playing saxophone again, for example. Now I'm taking singing classes and things like that. But people take, you know, they say, oh, I started painting again. Or now I'm painting big pictures. A colleague of mine, he was like really a burnout candidate. I don't know if you, if mm-hmm. you can yeah, put it yeah. like that in English. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, you know, working so much or his output is so much higher. And he's painting big pictures in his, you know, in a time in in his private time where before he would have said you know i don't have any private time i have to work all the time but now he has more output and he paints these big pictures mm. and um maybe that's that's the important point that that the energy is not spent on on nothing <laughs> on nothing but it's spent on being productive in whatever ways. It doesn't have to be here at work. It can be in, you know, playing things with their kids or it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like I, I, I can recognize that. And I think everyone who listens can recognize that feeling of that what's going on in our minds can be heavy, meaning it could drain our energy, it can drain our life force, it can drain our creativity, it can drain our sense of hope and potential, and it can drain, it can just drain us. And that, um, that side of what our mind does is, is that it, it, it is so overactive thinking about things that might not really be real, you know, that it, it, it really is ourselves draining ourselves without knowing it. Mm. And that realization, not that anyone is doing anything wrong, not that there aren't any, that there aren't valid reason for why we're doing that. There could be, we could have experienced a lot of things that, that uh, creates that environment, but hearing that for the first time, when I heard it and when people hear it, it's like, oh, I can, I can let go of some of the stuff that's on my mind. I can. I can let go of the things that I believe in or the stories. And what happens for everything, every percentage we let go of, we get a percentage of energy, a percentage of life force, a percentage of creativity, a percentage of seeing hope. Um, And that's what's been amazing. And when we do, we're not in your organization, but we do work in all kinds of organizations and with, with kids and seeing kids who are drained, kids who are 
should have been full of life because that's that's kids are born with full life and you see them like why are they drained not just energetically but 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 their sense of hope you know their their sense of potential is kind of hidden behind this activity of the mind that's just so uh full of stories and and things we believe in so I love that you say that because it, it puts it so simply that we all do that, whether we live east or west or whether we're old or young, we all do that and we can all let go of things that are weighing us down, that that's within all of us, that the, yes, we're, it's happening through us, but it's also the solution is inside we, this thing that is weighing us down can stop weighing us down by looking inside and that's free, that's accessible, that's open for everyone. Um, so, yeah, I, I just love how simply you put that. When, when we let go of that, that's on our mind, we get this energy to, back, basically. It was always there, but it, it just comes to the forefront. And then we want to do amazing things. And we can put that in any direction, whether that is work or if that's playing the saxophone. Like, it, it could be anything. But... Um, yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. I love how you put that. I wanted to uh, follow up on something you brought up because I think it's really interesting. I think, um, you know, if you hear this conversation, uh, there's a lot of, you know, bias that people can have sort of knee jerk reaction, like, well, that all sounds fine and dandy, but we don't have time for that in our kind of organization or, you know, that's too, um, self-helpy or fluffy or something like people have sort of stigmas in their head around the idea of talking about the mind together, talking about getting things off people's minds so they can become freer and reconnected to that potential and the energy. But what we've seen and what I'd love to hear your description of it. And even if some of these scientists that you work with have seen this is it's imperative that we begin to see the relationship between human energy and the state of the world. Because I think that there's a increasingly obvious connection between people who are living in a more hopeless, burdened, stressed out state of mind and the impact those people then have on their environment, both other humans and nature. So it's become you know, obvious to me over the years, both personally for myself, but also the different people that we've worked with is that you know, the health, the sustainability, and the, like, when you talk about energy, energy is the life force. Energy is what generates. It's what keeps things regenerating and resilient. And if we don't have that in ourselves, we don't foster a world that has that in its societies, in its communities, in its nature, right? So there's this what I would say from my perspective, increasingly obvious link between how connected humans feel to that energy source that you're talking about and what kind of world we create and perpetuate. So I'm curious if you or any of the science type minds that you've been talking, having these conversations with have seen how this directly correlates to nature conservation, for example. Um, first of all, because you said, you know, people could say, oh, I don't have time to implement this. Um, I have like, like this, like an Eisenhower matrix. You, do you know that? It's like, you know, you put all your tasks, um, 
to uh, is it urgency and importance, okay, you know, and yeah. you all relate them to, to. And so the most urgent and most important job I have is to bring this understanding into the organization because everything else will, will be solved by itself, you know. So I'm concent really concentrating on that. More important than financing, more important than uh, than marketing or fundraising or whatever, um, because because this will be like the biggest leverage I can bring to to any anything we do here. So uh, to to you know just on a side note, That's yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The, the importance is so clear to you. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, I mean, in nature you see the same thing, you know, I don't know, there's like, like a hurricane, you know, it's like, like you have in the US, you have these hurricanes, you know, going through Florida or, um, or, or bushfires or, um, or floodings or whatever, or snow. Um, and, you know, it looks like, whoa, every, everything is like, looks like the moon moon landscape and then 10 years afterwards like woods and everything green and animals living there so this this energy is is there it's always there and um it it has created so many brilliant brilliant forms of life in in during the evolution and um and I think I would say, especially if you're very scientifically trained, if your brain is scientifically trained, you try to, you kind of um, take yourself out of that. And, but then my, my, I think it's easy to connect for many of my colleagues to, to connect back to that and to see, okay, nature has its own pace you know, animals sometimes are really, really fast if they have to, you know, if you have to attack or if or run away or whatever. And then they have a life, a very uh, sustainable energy, you know, they, 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 um, they would never have a burnout, never, ever, because they feel how much energy, energy they, they have to spend. Mm -hmm. And um, so nature has its own pace. And we as humans sometimes, sometimes think that we can um, uh, do quicker or <laughs> that doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And um, and people see that um, and, and see, okay, so, so that's what, what, I, what I said, what I tried to say before is they appreciate to, to see, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm part of that. I'm part of the nature I'm trying to protect, you know, mm -hmm. and, and um, the ecosystem of the whole planet, or if you take parts of it, it's all perfectly designed. It's perfect. And we are perfect parts of that. That doesn't mean we make we do not make mistakes or something, you know that. But it's, you know, it's 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 one big thing. And and um, we sometimes forget that, and we especially forget it if we are scientifically trained and you know always you know, try to isolate things from each other to to be able to measure them and things. But um, 
people can relate to that definitely yes hmm. that's really really good yeah i mean i i, I sometimes um don't know how to tell the difference between just what I'm into lately, but it feels like <laughs> there's a, a, a shift going on that more and more people are seeing, feeling, and interested in learning about that connection that you're talking about. Because, um, you know, to your point, I think there's been an industrial revolution, a scientific revolution, but people are coming back to an interconnected revolution. And at least that's like what I feel in myself. And like I said, I'm not sure if it's just because I feel it in myself, but I feel like I'm seeing more of it in the world is, is, is seeing that all of what we're talking about is the same. It really is one thing. So the energy fluctuations that I experience in me are part of nature, just like the fluctuations we see in ecosystems. And if we can help connect people, reconnect people to that universal truth then we can begin to act more in harmony with that truth. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I love how you started saying, I don't know if it's just from my own experience at four years old, going out and being with the birds and nature with my grandfather, but you know, that was something that, um, was obviously that something that brought you good feeling that you enjoyed that and that, that when people come from what feels good to them, they create and allow and participate in more good coming out in the world. And I think if we can help people connect to that and, you know, like we said, we work with all different kinds of organizations and all different kinds of people. But the reason we call our work one solution is because we feel that anyone who reconnects to that space inside themselves um, begins to be naturally participatory in a solution oriented way because they're going with that energy and intelligence behind life as opposed to against it. Like you said in yourself personally, when we aren't connected to that in ourselves, we go against it in ourselves, in our own lives, in our personal lives. But then that ripples out to how we are at work, the work that we're trying to do in the world. So it's been really lovely to hear you talk about it from your perspective that yes, this was the solution for you was finding those barriers inside your own mind, seeing how you were working against nature in yourself, going beyond that, and then being able to see, oh my gosh, this could help everyone. So it's this ripple effect. It's so obvious, like, oh, I feel better now. I see how I can help everyone in my organization feel better. And then what you said is, and I now see it as the top most important lever that I could be focusing on in my organization at any time. So it's really cool to hear you describe how it's gone from the personal to the organizational to the, the mission of your entire conservation entity. And, and I, I wouldn't say you have to reconnect because you, you can't disconnect, can you? Yeah. That's not, you can just, you can just not be seeing it probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it's I mean it's always there. Otherwise, we you you know you wouldn't be here. You know, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Totally. I think that's such an important point that you just made because I think when people feel disconnected, which you're right, it's probably the wrong language. It feels like such a challenge or such a leap 
to reconnect, to reconnect, to reconnect to that energy in yourself or to reconnect to nature. And it's like, you never disconnected from it. It's not a big deal. You don't have to make it look really hard and mm -hmm. complicated. <laughs> there's, there's nothing you have to do. And, um, although people get told, get told that all the time, but everybody knows how to get reconnected. Everybody has its own very, very personal ways to, to, I always, if we do workshops on this, I, I ask um, people when they are like in a, in a peaceful state of mind, you know, what, what is the, in which situations that is. And they say, oh, maybe I'm on the bike or maybe I'm on the drive home listening to music or um, maybe I'm with my kids or I'm on my own or, or whatever, or I'm, I'm watching a movie, whatever, whatever. And I say, okay, okay, you know, you don't have to do mindfulness programs. You don't have to, you know, <laughs> enroll for any, any thing like that because you know how to do it. Everybody knows it. Mm. Well, is there any, uh, the only kind of last question I have, because we should definitely do a part two of this conversation, but um, so given that you've seen what you've seen for yourself and it, it has helped you personally, which has in turn and helped the people around you and your organization, and you see this connection between you and your organization and the world, um, is there anything that you want to like with that, you know, inside of you and 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 that mission that you have what what do you see yourself doing in the come i know this is always a hard question but like where do you want to take this what what do you feel like you're drawn towards um going um uh, as a person or as an you can answer it however you want but i was just curious to see like given this personal and, and, and organizational transformation, like where, where, where do you, where do you see this going? That really is a hard question. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on a very personal level, um, just, just this weekend, my, my 14 or 14 year old daughter asked me to, Oh, daddy, please, please teach me that. I want to know how to do that. Mm. This, you know, connection to, I say, okay, there's nothing I, I have to teach and there's nothing you have to do, but we can talk about that. Um, so, so that would be like the most, most, most important thing for me to give pass something on to, to our three daughters and, you know, to, to just so that they don't forget because they still know it, but they start forgetting that they know how to, how to get along in any situation because they are geniuses as all, as all of us. And then um, in, in our organization, I want to give, give everybody the chance to see it, to take something for themselves and then, you know, see this unfolding in themselves. And um, which at the work, at level of work would mean we, do a lot more, we can, can do a lot more nature protection out there, which makes more birds, more peregrine falcons, more, more lynxes, I don't know how you call them, more wolves, more whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, like you, you could probably count that in numbers, mm. more flowers and whatever. And then I, to me, it looks like I, I would like to, to bring this into 
other NGOs, no matter what they what they work on, because most NGOs, all of maybe all of them, you know, they are, they are existing for a good purpose, and if they all get this this big leverage within them, they would you know, make things better, not even in Germany, but many of them do, you know, work in all parts of the world. So, so, um, okay. That's a very high aim. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> but if you can uh, take up saxophone and voice lessons again, I feel like you can accomplish that too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you've heard me singing. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Al, yeah. for taking the time talking with us. I know, yeah, it's always inspiring talking with you. Uh, and we can't wait to do more stuff with you and see what we can co-create in the future. Yeah. However we can help you with that vision, we will make it happen. Thank you very much. Thanks thank to you. you. All right.